0: Long is the way and hard that out of hell leads up to light.
1: All right, I'm confused. It means that this is beginning. There are seven deadly sins, Captain gluttony, greed, sloth, wrath, pride, lust, and envy. You can expect five more of these.
0: Hey everyone! Welcome to the boot.
1: That's right, it's the boot. We are recasting classic movie reboots, so Hollywood doesn't have to do it.
0: Guys, it is October.
1: This is Halloween. That's what just came into my head.
0: It just is don't put that in there. Just it's... put
1: the song in there. This is
0: Halloween. This is Halloween. 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 I thought you didn't say that that was a Halloween movie.
1: A uh, Nightmare Before Christmas. Yeah.
0: It's a Christmas movie. I don't
1: like the movie. I don't, I don't oh. technically, I don't know what you want to call it, but sh- I'm not a fan.
0: We should have more combo holiday movies, like Fourth of July and Easter <laughs> somehow. I don't know.
1: <laughs> somehow? That really doesn't make sense.
0: No, it doesn't. Okay, guys, but what does make sense is this week's podcast, we are doing the 1995 noir horror smash hit classic <laughs> seven starring Morgan Freeman, Brad Pitt. Gwyneth Paltrow, R. Lee Ermey, and Kevin Spacey. Ah, this movie is very good. David Fincher is a good director. Who would have thunk it, huh? That shining young star.
1: I can't believe this movie was made in 1995. Because I feel like if you asked me what year seven was made, I'd be like 2001.
0: All his movies definitely feel like they should have been made in the early 2000s. But I think that's like a fight club effect.
1: But if you asked me when like Zodiac was made, I'd be like 1997.
0: No, that was definitely like 2008,
1: I don't, I don't know. I, I have like a weird sense of but There's something about this movie that seems like it was not made in.
0: Well, we'll get into uh, all things seven, mm-hmm. all things of the deadly sins. But we have some reboot news to talk about. Some very important reboot news, actually. <laughs> some very important reboot news. Charlie's Angels. Here we go centineo 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 noah centineo who recently broke out in netflix's to all the boys i've loved before and sierra burgess is a loser has landed a key role in sony's charlie's angels reboot elizabeth banks is directing and starring as one of the bosley characters patrick stewart and jimon hansu will play the other two bosleys something tells me there's going to be way more bosleys um (laughs) kristen stewart naomi scott and ella balinska I am just murdering these names. We'll portray the film's angels. Jonathan Tucker, Sam Claflin, and Luis Gerardo Mendez are also on board. Centineo will be playing the love interest of one of the angels. Hmm. Who would it be? I bet Kristen Stewart. Um... (laughs) The film will focus on the next generation of angels working for the mysterious Charlie. The Townsend Agency has grown considerably and gone global, providing security and intelligence services to a wide variety of private clients. So we put this on here because the last time I think we talked to you guys.
1: It was before Sam Claflin joined. It was before Jim and Hounsou joined. It was mm-hmm. before Noah Centineo.
0: It was before Patrick Stewart, I thought. right? Maybe. Maybe.
1: Lots of people I don't understand what's happening. There are at least three Bosleys and a slew of other characters. Like they're just adding names to this movie. I I don't know. What is what is I'll this movie tell you be? what's happening.
0: Every generation deserves their Charlie's Angels. Much like Star Wars in the do I have to go over this again? Much like Star Wars in the seventies. But the last then Charlie's then the Angels
1: was made in like two thousand one.
0: No, the sequel I think was like two thousand four
1: exactly madison lee why
0: you just don't get it i don't take orders from a speaker box anymore i work for myself well your boss sucks but i'm just saying that like (laughs) a lot has changed in the world since 2000 whenever i think this property i think young women and fans of the original they want a charlie's angels they like the property it's calling to them okay it needs to be it's it needs to be in the zeitgeist. I mean, look, first of all, Sir Patrick, we're there.
1: Mm-hmm, for sure.
0: Jim and Hansu, we're there.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I know you're there for Sam Claflin. Yeah, love him. Elizabeth Banks, my girl, who I picked last week. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I, You know, and now the cherry on top is uh, Hollywood's new It Boy, their newest crush.
1: Nope. I'm trying to give him
0: <laughs> a nickname, but it's not really – it's really coming out.
1: Um, yeah, he's, I mean, he was bound to join something coming right out of this very hot phase in his career to Netflix movies. So I, I think it's something like To All the Boys I've Loved Before that put him out there. And he's very lucky to have been a part of that because it's a huge Netflix phenomenon. Mm-hmm. So people are going to come to him. Yeah. So now he's going to be in Charlie's Angels.
0: So what you got to do in this town. Have people come to you.
1: Yeah, I'm working on that. I'll just stay right here, Hollywood.
0: All right, let's get to the most important news of this week. I, I, that's how I feel about I feel this.
1: like every time we talk about this or the television series that's coming out of this, we're like, what's ha- is this going? Is that going? Bad Boys 3 is coming together as the revival plot thickens at Sony. Sony Pictures is close to greenlighting Bad Boys for life, Variety has learned. Reuniting Will Smith and Martin Lawrence as two of Miami PD's most infamous officers has taken years to pull off, but a new draft of a script appears to have met with the producer's approval, and it looks as though production on the sequel could begin in early 2019. The plan is for the third Bad Boys to be in theaters by Martin Luther King Jr. weekend in 2020. Smith is on board to reprise his role as Detective Mike Lowry. Lawrence has yet to come to terms, but the comic continues to circle the project. Sony declined to comment on specifics related to negotiations or even address the possibility that the cameras will soon be rolling on another installment on the series. So is this happening?
0: This property and us like this is the, this is the person that we've been crushing on for years, like we think that it's maybe finally we can reboot it. But then it's like, oh, no, TV show starring Gabrielle Union and Jessica Alba. Oh, no, but that's dead. And we're like, oh, so we can do this. Prob- we can reboot it. Oh, no, because the movie, I think, is back on. It's like, ah, oh, damn, nope, movie's off. Oh, we can do it. No, actually, the TV show got picked up by sci- sci-fi
1: or something, like, something that. like that.
0: And now the movie's back on and it's like are the window's closed.
1: Yeah. Um, i guess i guess it's happening nobody's gonna say for sure that it's going on but will smith wants to do it
0: we want him to do we want this somebody's
1: writing a script
0: is michael bay gonna come back i don't think uh, he's i hope not what's funny though is bad boys one is it's a classic action movie it's unbelievable Hey, freeze, you freeze bitch
1: oh shit
0: now back up put the gun down and give me a pack of tropical fruit licious some skittles and
1: then like bad boys 2 is like terminator 2 yeah like it just it outdid itself
0: someone was like well bad boys 2 is not as good as bad boys 1 i'm like "Mm, they're different movies yeah i don't know it's like alien and aliens like they're different movies they're just they're great as they are um
1: Hmm.
0: and the theme song is playing in my head right now too you remember the maybe didn't that
1: (laughs) didn't that one nelly song come out of bad boys 2 which one wasn't that like huge in bad boys too it might have been
0: i owned the bad boys one soundtrack <laughs> i owned it on cd yep.
1: murphy lee nelly and diddy i love that song i love how the first part is just like him tribal screaming and then there's a <laughs> then there's a police siren <laughs>
0: Boop, boop this bad boys one soundtrack is pretty good first of all shy guy by diana king mercy,
1: mercy, mercy. They money, like, party, party, party.
0: yeah we want bad boys three we all want bad boys three make it happen whatever it is whatever martin lawrence needs we'll give it to him we'll get him on there please make this happen two feels short you know what i mean Two bad boys feels not enough. Three is a perfect number. Four, way too much. Stop. (laughs) Bad boys three, please. All right. Ready for the next piece of fun reboot news? Mm -hmm. Netflix to develop the Chronicles of Narnia TV series – And films. Netflix has closed a multi-year deal with the C.S. Lewis Company to develop new series and film projects based on Lewis's popular Chronicles of Narnia books. Under the pact, Netflix, working with Entertainment One, will develop stories from across the Narnia universe into series and films. In total, the Narnia books have sold more than 100 million copies and have been translated in more than 47 languages worldwide. Brag. Their highest... their highest-profile previous adaptation was the series of three Sony movies: *The Lion*, *The Witch*, and *The Wardrobe* in 2005, *Prince Caspian* in 2008, and *The Voyage of the Dawn Treader*. Treader. No wonder that didn't do well. <laughs> <laughs> *The Voyage of the Dawn Treader* in 2010, which combined have grossed over 1.5 billion worldwide. With the deal, Netflix is looking to build a Narnia cinematic universe. Ah! Oh boy, then encompasses film and TV in the vein of Star Trek and Marvel, whose franchises crossover between mediums. With the Chronicles of Narnia, Netflix is getting a major fantasy franchise, as rival Amazon has been bulking up in the genre, including ordering a high-profile Lord of the Rings TV series in a mega deal with the J.R.R. Tolkien Estate.
1: That's what this the whole war thing is, of
0: fantasy streaming platforms is on.
1: That's what this whole thing is really about. Amazon bought the rights to make Lord of the Rings, and Netflix was like, "Well, all we got is Stranger Things. So, what are we going to do?" And it's kind of funny that they are that the rivalry is happening with the C. S. Lewis series and the J.R.O. Tolkien series because they were close friends in real life. I know.
0: But Tolkien is so much better than Lewis. Look really I'm, a, the r- I'm a
1: Lewis fan. Really?
0: Here but the re- I love Lord of the Rings, too. Here are the red flags for me in this article. One, Narnia. <laughs> uh I don't You're know. You're not a fan I of, of
1: Asland? <laughs> Why did I say that like that? Aslan. Of Mr. Mister Tum- Tumnus?
0: Do you think they'll get fucking Liam to come back and reprise his role yeah, as Aslan what, the, mean, lo- the what Lion? Yeah, what else
1: is he doing? Have you forgotten the laws upon which Narnia was built? Do not cite the deep magic to me, which I was there when it
0: was written. He, he would love it. No, I think what bothers me is the fact that it's... The, anytime someone tries to copy marvel and they 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 mentioned like oh star trek is doing this Ah, star trek doesn't feel like marvel to me star trek just feels like you know we're just handing a torch on and you can use whatever toys in the sandbox you want and build the mythology marvel is like we're trying to deliberately integrate stories into each other as a
1: you know what is fascinating though about that is that when i think of like the the way Star Trek is doing it, Star Trek is a much more like adult movie series and television series, whereas Marvel is a little more accessible to the, to yeah. the world. I sort of feel the same way about this. Like, I think Lord of the Rings is going to end up being I mean, they've said they want to Lord
0: of the Rings or Narnia.
1: I'm. I'm getting there. Oh, Lord of the Rings is. I I didn't know. Lord of the Rings. They've said they want Amazon wants to make that their Game of Thrones. I think it's going to end up being a much more uh, adult focused audience, whereas Narnia is more youth accessible. And so it's fascinating. I think that they could create these two worlds that separate from whatever they think they're going to do, comparing it to Marvel or like that's insane. Don't compare it to that. But I think that's where we're going to find the divide. Like are more people drawn to the family friendly vibe that Narnia brings or are they more drawn to Lord of the Rings? Also
0: based on uh, having never read any of these books been based solely on their previous movies. It seems to me that Lord of the Rings would just run away with this thing. Because it is darker. I think people do like that sort of darker magic than Narnia has. I don't know. Unless unless Netflix is like, no, screw that. Like we're gonna we're gonna take Lewis's works and we're really gonna maybe lean into more of a I don't know, more not adult aspects, but more mature aspects of mm-hmm. what this fantasy could be. Because I think Lord of the Rings, people are just people like Game of Thrones, I think, because of the sex and the violence and the and then they're dragons. You know what I mean? Like the intrigue is what gets them. Yeah. Not so much like the sword play. Um, to each his own. To each his own. I just, you know, I always get worried when someone's like, we're going to have a cinematic universe. And then it just like fails. Yeah, like,
1: that's ne- It's never a good idea to be like, we want to do what Marvel's doing. That's don't, certainly not going don't. to work. They,
0: they have 70 years of material that they're literally just kind of going through. Like, just. If you're gonna try and do this, it it has to start organically. Like Game of Thrones organically has a way to say like, okay, that first seven or eight seasons, that's our base, and then we'll build off that. And yeah. then you know you got to germinate it a little bit. You yeah, can't just build say like the world exactly,
1: and then do offshoots.
0: All right, guys, let's get into the reboot of seven. But before we can. Kenna, we got to tell them the rules.
1: This is a podcast best to listened to with an open IMDb. We may talk about some people you've never heard of and you're going to want to look them up. We will be talking about a movie that you may not have seen. So if you haven't seen Seven, Seven, pause us right now and go watch. If you don't know, Seven has the number seven. It's in
0: se- Seven N. Se- se- seven, seven N. Seven
1: N now to the rules rule number one no remakes reboots or long lost sequels we can't do a movie that has already been redone in the last 20 ish years this includes franchises like
0: charlie's angels no actually that should be rebooted every every 15 years that should be rebooted
1: i was gonna say bad boys but never mind this isn't my segment Now is when this whole show falls apart. Rule number two, no imaginary casting. Our dream cast must be made of actors that are alive and working today. And rule number three, no tender casting. We can't cast someone just based on how they look. You have to have seen their work and be able to vouch for their talent. Maybe we should add a rule number four for this episode, which Mm. is no people who have ruined their careers due to controversial life decisions.
0: A lot of bad sex boys on this episode. lot of bad sex boys and sex girls well she's not at fault okay
1: i just don't know why that's just
0: what my doing. friends call it to make it feel less awful about what they did
1: bad sex boys that doesn't that sounds okay to you you're okay with that
0: well it's... <laughs> let's get into the reboot of seven
1: Bills! here he comes what's What what's he talking about give me your gun what's going on over there
0: the I down. saw you with a box. What was in the box? Because I envy your normal life. Put the gun down, baby. It seems that envy is my snack. No, what's in the box? taking... Give me What's
1: gun? in the fucking box? Give me the gun. You just told me. You lie! You're a fucking liar! Shut up! It's what he wants. He,
0: wa- he wants you to shoot him. No! No! You tell me, you tell me. That's not true. That's not true. You become vengeance, kid. Oh, no, she's all right. You tell me. You come... Yeah. Seven, directed by David Fincher, director of such movies as Fight Club, Zodiac, Social Network, Aliens 3, although he claims that it wasn't his version. Uh, Gone Girl, uh, the American version of Girl with a Dragon Tattoo. I mean you get his work. You know his work. You know who he is. <laughs> It stars Morgan Freeman as Detective Somerset, Brad Pitt as Detective Mills, Gwyneth Paltrow as Tracy Mills, R. Lee Ermey as the police captain. He doesn't really have a name. He's just captain. And uh, Kevin Schmacy Sh- as John Doe. Do I have to say Kevin Spacey? I, I, no,
1: you don't have to say Kevin Spacey, okay. but that's who it is.
0: This movie is so good.
1: When we were talking about doing Halloween movies first and I was like, let's do seven. You were like, I don't want to watch that again. <laughs>
0: I really did it.
1: Uh, And then let's just be upfront about it. I suggested we do a movie that you watched and hated.
0: Yes, that's true. And
1: we turned back to Seven.
0: That is very true. To Uh, Six. So I watched two movies this week in preparation for this one movie, but I'm glad we did. This movie is so well made, so well acted, and even if you know the ending, it's still it's you can't wa- like there are moments of this movie that i still can't watch even even after i don't think i've saw there's no way i saw this movie in 1995 no but um I was 4 years old i probably saw it a few years later and even now i'm i'm just sort of in awe of how good and compelling it is as a story um so i feel like we should get into it unless you have other n- n- things you want to say about this particular film
1: I mean, every person in this movie is controversial now. For one reason yeah. or another. Every person. So
0: let's talk a let's talk about let's it. Let's just or...
1: get this out of the way. Morgan Freeman, creep, Brad Pitt, I don't know.
0: Adulterer? But that's not really a crime.
1: I mean it's a crime against Brad women.
0: Pitt and Gwyneth Paltrow are both adulterers.
1: Start yeah, adulterer and started goop. <laughs> so we can just write her off. Uh, bless I was not prepared for that. I mean she's committed crimes against humanity. She started coop. She's we I she's done. We're done with Gwyneth.
0: <laughs> okay. Um Well R
1: Lee bless him. Great. He Great man. R. I P bless him. And then we get to the worst of all, Kevin Spacey, who is legitimately a predator, so child let's, rapist. Let's just let's just get that out of the way. Like, there's lots of problematic people in this movie, and all the more reason to remake it with a fresh cast of people who we like,
0: who, we, who are good people.
1: Yeah, let's cast some people we want to watch. Which I mean, I did like watching this again, but um, I'll dang it.
0: I guess we'll just start with Somerset. It's mm-hmm. weird because they only say their last names, but there's a scene where you, you hear do their first learn. names. Yeah. So it's William Somerset, who's Morgan Freeman, and David Mills is Brad Pitt. Um, let's start with Morgan Freeman's character Somerset, the quintessential sort of old guard detective who mm-hmm. is. L- <laughs> he's too old for this shit it's his yes. last week on the job and here comes this murder case this particular murder case that he knows is just going to be the end of him mm-hmm. i'd like to be reassigned
1: what what what, Whoa. what like. in the hell are you talking about this can't be my last duty it's just gonna go on and
0: on and on morgan freeman plays this part perfectly yeah how did you do recasting this? I had a little I, – I wanted to cast someone and I thought better of myself. So I cast someone else. But now I'm like, well, maybe it would have been better for the reaction of, of the pod. But it was I just hard. I
1: can't believe who I cast for this part. I can't believe it. But this was one – I had some trouble recasting certain parts in this movie. But this was one that like as soon as I, as soon as I, I pinpointed how I wanted to construct this cast, I was like, dang it. He's good for this. Do
0: you want to go first then? Sure. All right.
1: Here's the thing. You have to distinguish between these two detectives. Somerset is experienced. He has seen it all. He has a certain presence about him and that for most of the movie, we are supposed to see him be as calm and collected as anyone can be until the end and then you have to see him break and actually like fully be emotional but not even seriously so i wanted to bring that in i wanted to bring in somebody who can be a mentor figure who can be knowledgeable who can be well read who we believe as someone who has seen the worst of the worst but also has a certain art to the way he speaks and the way he conducts himself (sighs) i can't believe it guys Come come on come on i cast kevin costner What? You weren't ready for it. He's back? (laughs) He's back.
0: Okay, okay. That's Kevin Costner. Uh, First initial reactions is that I'm thinking that... Was this a lazy pick because he was just in our minds?
1: No, because my list my list isn't long, but uh-huh. I, w- I went through tons of names trying to figure out how I wanted to really do this. And so I have, we'll get into it a little later, but I have my reason for, because honestly, I thought about gender swapping this role, but I have my reasons for keeping it just in an old guard male detective. What are your reasons? Well, I don't want to say until I like, get okay. to the... To, two of the other characters but i kept thinking about it and i was like what did we learn during kevin costner month he can be a mentor he can be poetic well read he can be tough yet soft he can be methodical he's played all these parts i really feel like especially now that he is retirement age this is a this is a role he could play
0: having gone through costner month guys check out costner month it's a really eye-opening dive into kevin costner's work which is extraordinary really um (laughs) having gone through that i agree with you i'm glad i get it
1: because it like
0: i'm just shocked that he's just back you know he's just like the spooky guy he's just jumped out of the bushes like i'm scared
1: yeah he's like david s pumpkins (laughs) (laughs) he literally pops up this like green screen is like any questions (laughs)
0: No, I, I think that's great. Like he is someone who's just like one foot out the door. He just wants to get out of here, go to like whatever ranch f- farmhouse he wants to move to. He's t- he can't live in this place anymore. And then you know his job, his his the reason for him being pulls yeah. him back into this really morbid serial something killer.
1: So specific, especially about his opening the opening scene where his detective who's with him is giving him a hard time because he asked, did the kids see the murder?
0: We are all going to be real glad when we get rid of you, Somerset. You know
1: that?
0: It's always these questions with you. Did the kids see it? Who gives a fuck? He's dead. His wife killed him. Anything else has nothing to do with us. It was a – You're always doing your job. It was a murder. You're always doing the right thing.
1: Okay, we've learned so much about him with this short exchange that he's the stand-up guy who wants to get to the truth and cares about the little things. Yeah. I was just like I I see Costner delivering those lines with as much finesse as Morgan Freeman does.
0: Yeah. uh, Somerset is really the guy who wishes he wasn't who he was. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's everything that he is leads him to be this great detective, this, the bloodhound that, that, when he feels the tickle on his neck, he just knows something's not right and he mm-hmm. can piece it together. Unfortunately, the tragedy is he doesn't piece the final part until it's too late. But yeah, Costner would knock this out of the park. Yeah. All right. Maybe I'm a little jealous that I didn't think of old <laughs> KC. Man. All right. All right. I'll keep that in mind. So um, I picked an actor around the same age as KC. Um, the way I kept thinking about it was Somerset just, just wanting to retire, just like – waiting counting the time you know the metro he lays in bed he doesn't sleep he just listens to the metronome he's just counting the seconds until he can be done and this actor popped in my head and i was like this guy really to me feels like someone who has played a lot of roles who he's just like kind of tired of doing what he's been doing you know I, I don't know maybe i'm not explaining it well but just someone who's ready to just stop <laughs> maybe being an actor or stop uh oh being the, like his roles are always like playing someone who's just a little weary
1: Mm
0: i picked vigo mortensen uh, how old is he 59 so he's a year older than morgan freeman uh vigo mortensen uh funny enough lord of the rings but uh a history of violence and eastern promises eastern promises really is the one that kind of made me think about him because in that movie he plays like he plays a police officer who goes undercover in the russian mob and he's been there for years Mm mm-hmm and he can't really leave, and that that whole idea where he just is like he's so devoted to the thing that he has become. Yeah, that really spoke to me, and I th- and he's he's it really spoke to me as a person. <laughs> no, but um he he's so soft spoken even in these like really tough roles, which I thought was important for Somerset compared mm-hmm. to Mills, who's this yeah. big hot energy. You know, he's he's the aggressor of the two. Sick
1: of all this waiting.
0: This is the job. <laughs> Why are we out there, huh? Why do we gotta sit here, rotting, waiting until the lunatic does it again? It's dismissive to call him a lunatic. Don't make that mistake.
1: I haven't seen Viggo Mortensen in a while.
0: Yeah, because does he want to act? Like, what I is don't he? Know. Is he one foot out the I door? I mean, he
1: could live off that Lord of the Rings money three lifetimes, probably. But um,
0: give it to all his horses.
1: Does he have a lot of horses? I think he
0: has like a ranch with horses or something. Or maybe I'm just thinking the movie Hidalgo. Hidalgo I was <laughs> oh no he's a poet (laughs) he's a poet
1: i listen he's a great actor we saw like a lot i feel like he was the hot thing right after lord of the rings but yeah we sort of haven't seen him right and yet i would be very curious to watch him oh you know what he's doing is that um wait is that him that movie with uh mahershala ali He's, oh yeah, he's his driver. Yeah, that looks yeah. amazing. Yeah,
0: yeah. So he's still around, and he also did Captain Fantastic uh, two oh, years right. ago.
1: Yeah, okay, he's, he's working. still around. Yeah. Green
0: Green Book is his new movie that yes. looks phenomenal. But yeah, I thought I just thought of him as like someone who could play the stiller of the two detectives, someone who's more um, not calculating, but someone who who his intelligence is what commands his abilities, as opposed to Mills, who just wants to get the guy. He wants to he wants to punish yeah. the people who hurt other people so that's why i picked and i like my pick and i like your pick too you just you just got me yeah
1: <laughs> expect the unexpected Whoa. all
0: right let's move on to mills <laughs> played by the beautiful brad pitt uh your favorite actor
1: i don't like brad pitt why? I don't like I I've never gotten like the female obsession with him. I don't find him that attractive. I don't think he's a great actor. I honestly think he has become a better actor. Uh, but like there were several moments. And li- listen, guys, everybody has a what's in the box impression. And I feel like sometimes I get that in my head. and I'm like, hey, he doesn't sound that crazy. No, he sounds that crazy.
0: It's I. But I, I, I there's something to that. I agree with you. Like, I think Brad Pitt's best movie might be the big short, like his role in the big short. I think he plays very well. Because he's not, like, chewing on food constantly. He's not, like,
1: <laughs> There are moments in this subdued. movie that, like, I was like, this might as well be Taron Killam doing his impression of Brad Pitt. <laughs> because there are times where, like, his his hands are moving in such a way that I'm like, it might – he, he out-Brad-Pitts himself in this movie. But I think he's good for this but, role. But I think – like, there there are performances later. Where I, I like him in the Oceans movies. I like the big short. I like Burn After Reading. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I think, I mean, he did a weird accent in, like, 12 Years of Slave, but whatever. Um, what I'm about like, 12 Monkeys? I've never seen 12 Monkeys. Ooh.
0: Bruce Willis.
1: I should. I, I'm going to like, start you watching might. more Bruce Willis. But that being said, I think he's a bit of a movie star, to be in this movie but i don't i don't think he he's a little over the top but it's not it's not terrible like he, he was 32
0: is, when he made this movie he
1: is the hot-headed over eager a little defiant a little cocky
0: yeah I, that's why i think he's really great for this role that's why i think he's actually it, it fits him well the guy who like can't read dante so he's like asking for cliff notes it turns out the killer is the one who gave it to him like he
1: my favorite <laughs> my favorite part in this whole movie is when he's like the marquis de Sade. marquis Sade, this is so 1995.
0: So I wanted to gender swap this role um, and I didn't end up doing it because I found an actor who could play the anger, who I thought could play the anger really, really well and who is kind of right now at his hottest point like Brad Pitt was. Mm-hmm. And I think that's important because like this Mills has to be cocky to the point where if you see this movie enough, you'll realize that he's going to die. Like, you realize that his life is not going to turn out well because
1: mm.
0: he can't stop. He is wrath. Yeah. That's his biggest flaw. I ended up picking Michael B. Jordan because I think he's an extraordinary actor. Yeah. I think he – I think he can do the anger well. Like, the whatever it takes to catch the killer, just damn due process. Like, when they kick in the door to John's apartment – and somerset is like there's no reason for us to be here yeah this isn't going to make sense and you just see mills churning because he he's his hands broken his face is bashed in they know it like they went Mm -hmm. to the fbi they know that this is the guy and yet he can't get him
1: if we leave a hole like this we won't be able to prosecute the fucking guy will walk now is that what you want Nah, fuck that we know a reason to knock on this door
0: And what happens? He busts through, fuck that, I'm getting my guy. And I just saw Michael B. Jordan and I was like, unfortunately for, you know, the actress who I thought also could be pretty good in this role, I was just like, I just saw him. I just really saw him just be that kind of Creed anger, that Black Panther, you know.
1: I was going to say, there's that element of, that we see in him in Creed where he has a sort of birthright. And so there's a cockiness that comes with it. Um and so the move, the movie is about him like finding his talent under the surface level stuff which to a certain degree is is the journey we try to take with him because he's clearly cocky and he could he could be better at his job if he would stop and listen mm-hmm. to Somerset. Um, no, I think that's a great choice.
0: Thank you. Who do you got?
1: Um, I did gender swap this role, mm. and I tried to think of men that I liked and. I this really threw me for a loop because part of me was like no I just don't I don't see any um any actresses really conveying the anger and frustration that I think brad pitt does but then i liked the idea of the old guard being like a white man and the new guard being like a female woman of color especially because the the big a big sticking point about mills joining mills taking over for somerset is that he he wanted to be on this detail he wanted to be on homicide in this part of town he requested it and i was like in this day and age the women who are like give me the tough stuff I'm going to find these murderers. I want to see that. I want to see the hunger from that point of view. So I picked Tessa Thompson.
0: That's who I was going to pick.
1: And I think it's a really Uh. great choice.
0: (laughs) It was a good choice. Yeah. She was who I was weighing because she is so good at – she's a great actress. And I think the idea of her – Maybe thinking that she that she 's not being taken seriously when she first gets on the detail mm-hmm. with Somerset, I think that you 're right you 're absolutely right. She has that capacity, um, and I think she could be wrath. I think she could be anger and and just really whatever it takes like
1: she 'll get there, which yeah. is just a different trajectory because like Brad Pitt comes in so hot, I think it would have to be more of a journey of like what 's laying underneath the what she's projecting yeah that might be a little more of what has to happen for uh a, f- a female mills um just because not that all women are like this but typically like women just don't roll up into spaces like everybody bow down she's a
0: badass that's the but thing she's yeah. great i'm kind of bummed now i didn't pick her because we haven't had yeah. a we haven't had a same match in a well, long we time
1: got three more chances this episode
0: <laughs> okay tracy Played by Gwyneth Paltrow, who was dating Brad Pitt at this time, which was I had forgotten about That's some 90s trivia that these two dated back in the day. Um, She – you know, it's funny. Like I didn't – she doesn't really have that big of a part, but she has one of the best scenes in the movie, which is her and Somerset at the diner.
1: Did David tell you that I teach fifth grade? Well, I did.
0: I've been going around, you know, looking at schools. But the conditions here – uh-huh. Why don't you tell me what's really about here, Tracy? I hate this scene. It's unfortunate because the whole time I was watching her, other than that scene, I was like, why doesn't this lady just take an improv class? Like, make some friends? Like, she's, is-, is she just in the apartment waiting for Mills to come home from work?
1: I, I feel like there is some connective tissue missing there because I think the idea is that. What we have to sort of dig for is that they came from upstate New York, I'm assuming. Well, this
0: movie movie is not New York. It was filmed in L.A. as if it was New York. It's
1: just like a city. It's just
0: like a big hellish city.
1: So I think we're supposed to believe that they came from the middle of nowhere so he could have like a big – job in the city but like she is much more small town than he is and so she's miserable in the big city because she's like how like I don't know anybody yeah and I'm here because he's here and we have this crap apartment with our three dogs and I'm just following him into like I used to have a job I don't have a job she's miserable and we honestly we should get more of her in the movie just because I think it there's a certain lead up to the big reveal that we could connect with her a little more. Yeah. But. Um,
0: I think if this movie was to be remade, she should have a job that puts her in the community and we should see how the city weighs on her.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Because right now it's just he comes home and she hates it. Yeah. And I don't think that's enough. I think that ma- that paints her as either bored or I, I don't know, not, not entitled. But you know what I mean? Like there's no effort from her character to live a decent life.
1: Yeah. Other than
0: the fact that she's just waiting for her husband to come home.
1: Yeah. And she's like pregnant, but sad. Yeah. I, here's the thing. I went, I went through several scenarios for this, uh, coupling. And I honestly, at first, uh, was like, they're just going to be a gay couple. I'm going to cast another woman. But then there was something about, the meeting between Tracy and Somerset that I was like, "You know what? I like the idea of a female mills sort of being the hungry, ambitious one in this couple who has led her fam- her small family into uh hell essentially, and I liked the idea of her husband reaching out to Somerset for help just because." in a way like she's going to end up seeing him as a mentor and so i think uh when when you meet this older wiser character i think she's drawn to him because she's like he seems to know like even if he doesn't know what to do like he will have wisdom for me yeah um so i sort of wanted to cast someone that is likable and that we can get attached to so that when we see him now sort of break down to somerset and be like i just don't know what to do i don't know what our future is that we feel sad and then ultimately when spoiler alert his head's in the box Mm
0: -hmm.
1: we're like Wait, what's in the box (laughs) strike one um we are like he didn't deserve this like he didn't deserve this life so i picked darren chris i know that name who uh you may know from the assassination of Gianni Versace. Um, oh yeah, story. Glee or Glee. Um, Speaking of
0: Gwyneth Paltrow, isn't
1: this the kid who she had an affair with? Is it? Did they have an affair? She I mean, had she had an was, affair with
0: someone on Glee. She was on Glee. <laughs> she had she had an affair with someone on Glee. I'm not exactly sure who it was.
1: I'm gonna Google Gwyneth and Darren Chris.
0: Maybe it was the teacher. What? Oh, yeah. You know why we're mad at Gwyneth? Because she introduced conscious uncoupling to the world as well.
1: Yeah. She's she is just a she's a mess. Like she I don't even feel that angry. But like she's the kind of person who thinks we all want to know what she thinks. But she's all wrong (laughs) all the time. (laughs) (laughs) Literally, like, doctors that worked for Goop were yeah. giving people non-factual information. All right. Anyways, um, let's get
0: back to Darren Chris. I like Chris. Darren
1: Chris because he's a sympathetic guy and he's he's a good actor and he's fun to watch. And I like this coupling because I can see him being sort of a soft center yeah. to Tessa Thompson's, like, hard exterior. Um, I,
0: I like the pick. The only thing I'm thinking of is uh, you lessen the blow of the finale because he can't be pregnant, right? So, like, what do you replace it with?
1: Can't, world, can he be pregnant?
0: <laughs> you have to replace it with something something similar. Cause, cause, because because I think in the moment Brad Pitt is not going to kill John Doe, or Mills is not going to kill John Doe until Mills reveals about the pregnancy, and then it's like, boom, 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 you're fucking dead. She
1: begged for her life to take that. Shut up! She begged for her life. Shut up! And for the life of the baby inside of her. he didn't know maybe tessa thompson's pregnant i don't think (laughs) it's
0: the same you know what i mean like so i don't think it's a bad pick i I mean i'm not if you were the writer you'd have to figure out what would substitute that yeah and i think pregnancy is always like the crutch for writers it's like oh she's pregnant boom everyone's gonna feel that everyone's gonna mm. this is the
1: this is the reason that the man in the dangerous job has to has to feel bad about going to work has to feel bad about going to war. Yeah. Has to feel bad. Like the We can we can switch it up. Um. But I think in general, the the emotional core for me was I was just like in the end, the big thing is Mills did this. Like Gwyneth didn't dis deserve her fate. Yeah. Like his wife doesn't deserve what she's getting. And that's what I wanted to feel was just this idea of like, we really like this guy.
0: No, I think, that's a, I think yeah, that's a good choice.
1: She like as a couple, they also really love each other. They just don't know how. How to like her ultimate obsession with with catching the murderer is going to yeah. be what she gets him killed Um, in my version of the movie mm, coming soon. <laughs> OK, who did you pick?
0: I picked Elizabeth Olsen.
1: That's good. She's Thanks.
0: good. Yeah. Um, she has a softness to her that makes you – you know, she, it, it's weird. Like you don't realize she's going to be a, a sort of sacrificial lamb until the very end of the movie. Mm-hmm. I think there's like a bathroom scene where they're shaving – like Mills and Somerset are shaving their chest to put their mics on.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And Mills says something like – something about his wife like he should – talk to his wife more or he should call his wife or or like my wife's gonna be really upset and he pauses and you're just like oh fuck so Um, i picked her because i think she's an incredible actress i think she uh has that sort of vulnerability she's been in a lot a lot of uh, elizabeth olsen i don't know if you don't know elizabeth olsen um fucking all the avengers movies the younger sister of the olsen twins but she's been wind river And recently, sorry for your loss, which I hear is incredible. And so I just thought that she, like you said, is someone that when they're in the box, what's in the box? They're in the box. You're going to feel that. Like you're going to feel that the walk that Somerset has to take two mils at the end, you know that's going to be devastating. But I thought that like she could play that lonely person. I just think that like you got to give context to Tracy. Like Tracy has to have more effort in being a part of – yeah. the city and then when she does it's not going well like that that that's it's not gwyneth's issues as as the actress it's more like tracy as the character needs one one or two more scenes yeah to drive po- home the point that she's unhappy so that's who i picked elizabeth olsen who i've been wanting to pick on this fucking pod she's all year so... and unfortunately she's a victim but i'll make it up i reserve the right to recast her into more proactive
1: yeah i mean somebody's head has to be in the box right this movie
0: let's move on to captain
1: just the captain Captain, yeah he's literally credited as police captain yeah um my what my favorite part of this movie this was when i started taking notes because at first i was just like watching and i didn't think to write anything down i started taking notes when he's sitting at the desk talking to them Mm -hmm. and the phone keeps ringing and he picks it up and goes this isn't even my desk
0: This is sort of what I gleaned from this last viewing of this movie is that Somerset sees his future and it's the police captain and he fucking doesn't want any part of it. What in the hell are you going to do with yourself out there, Somerset? Oh, I'll work. Maybe on the farm. Fix my house. I don't think you're leaving. Hell, you can't leave all this. I wanted to replace one character actor with another character actor. Mm -hmm. Um, which is always hard on these things because it's not like you want to put like a big name in, like you kind of want to give yeah, some props to some people. Um, the person I picked, I think he's a good actor. I picked Dean Norris from Breaking Bad and my alum... Under the Dome. Check out uh, episode like four Starship Troopers of the boot. Like he he makes oh, a cameo right. in that. Um, I just thought he could play that the police chief, the guy who's trying to keep Somerset straight. He's the guy who's just like you don't know who you are, do you? Like you don't realize that this is who you. Yeah. Who you? Uh.
1: You're good at this. Yeah. And so you have to be the one to f- to figure it out. Yeah. Clearly, Mills is not going to do it on his own. Right. Um. Yeah, no, I I think that's a good choice. I love Breaking Bad. I like when he starts to get a little crazy in the later seasons. Yeah. Um no, yeah, I think that's a great choice. I also picked someone who has just like a history of being a, a cop. <laughs> 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 um, and he's a great comedic actor, but I really wanted to get his his more dramatic stuff. Martin Lawrence. <laughs> the most iconic cop. Um I picked Christopher Maloney.
0: Oh, yeah. Fucking Maloney.
1: He's a funny guy, but the Elliot Stabler of it all, I Mm -hmm. was like, he could be the guy who's just like, no, I'm not messing around. You're going to do this. This is how it's going to go. You leave my office. Boom. We're done.
0: Yeah, that's a good pick. I love Maloney. I love Christopher Maloney. He's great. He could be like a bully. You know what I mean? So because I'm thinking of your cast right now, like. The relationship that they have with each other, I always felt that it's its antagonistic to, to some degree.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Like he's just daring Somerset to retire. Like I dare you to let this case go and Somerset can't.
1: And then in the end when they catch John Doe, like he's the one who's like, no, no, no. Like he's doing exactly what he needs to do, which is like at the point, like he's challenging his men enough to get the job done. And then when it's. When it's time for him to stand up for what needs to happen, he's there to be like, no, I'm going to protect them. Yeah. We don't make deals here, Mr. Swar. He says
0: that if you do accept, he will sign a full confession, plead guilty right now. It's your case. Make a decision. Full confession. i mean. All right. Let's round out this cast by talking about what the worst cast member. What, what to say Kevin about Kevin Spacey um he brings a quiet energy that we all enjoyed but uh no movie of his will ever be watched the same again so why don't we talk about the character who only appears in this movie for like maybe yeah it's a it, 15 minutes
1: john doe is a presence but we only get to see the character himself for a very short. yeah
0: moment. i'm actually very excited to tell you who i picked so this is gonna be a very fun <laughs> reveal um i think you're up though
1: M- oh I am up um, yeah no I think we can say this about a lot of his movies but it's just a damn shame that he is a bad person because his performance is really good and I wanted to definitely bring that sort of uh, classic serial killer vibe in that there's something very soft spoken and clean cut and and uh, almost effeminate about him mm-hmm. and it's it's a very specific sort of turn to find that person who can be compelling and frightening at the same time so i picked and i I felt a little unsure about this because i love this actor and i was like do i want to use him right now um but i think he would be great i picked donald gleason
0: donald gleason Domnall gleason
1: yes it's you don't pronounce the m <laughs>
0: Why did I? I think I had him on my list for a little bit. I think the only reason I took him off was his age. He's very young, right? He's 35. He's 35.
1: Kevin Costner. Kevin Schmacy was. Uh, Kevin Spacey.
0: Kevin Schmacy was. 36. 36. Yeah. All right. Yeah. That's a. Yeah. He's he's so good. Ex machina. I mean, he's even good in Star Wars. He plays a very arch character in Star yeah. Wars, but he, he does Wars it well. Anytime about you. About
1: time, guys. <laughs>
0: about time
1: why are you laughing about time is a great movie
0: is that with uh, about the
1: story of a father and a son and who are the
0: same person
1: no they just he's his own grandfather
0: (laughs) he's his own grandpa
1: it's a great it's a great time travel movie starring rachel mcadams that is not the time traveler's wife
0: (laughs) peter rabbit he's in yeah he's a great actor oh He's What's, in
1: that really compelling episode of Black Mirror. What?
0: Oh, da, 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 I got to look this up because I... Oh, fuck. He's in Brooklyn for a very little bit.
1: Frank. Frank is Fassbender. such a good That's movie. That's such a good movie. And such he's amazing movie.
0: in that movie. Yeah, I like Donald Gleason.
1: Do, uh, you just don't... Pr- it's Donal. Donal. Like...
0: Da da Dom-nal. Yeah, he's a great actor. Oh, boy.
1: Um... Uh, yeah, no, I just saw him being sort of, like, reserved that looks quiet enough that nobody would ever assume. Mm-hmm. But there's so much going on inside him that he is spilling out into his notebooks and into the actual crimes themselves. Yeah.
0: Um, I kind of stunt cat stunt cast it? I, I don't know if I'm using that term correctly. Even though I'm in the industry, I don't think I'm using it correctly. I picked an actor who I wanted – I think I think this is remnants of when I saw this movie versus when the movie came out because when I saw this movie, and it's revealed that it's Kevin Spacey, like when he shows up at the police station and he's covered in blood and he's just like he's just like trying to get Mills's attention.
1: Detective,
0: you're looking for me. I, to, for me, I was like, holy shit! Like that's Kevin Spacey, and so I kind of wanted to pick. An actor who – Schmacy did not have any part of the marketing, any part of the promotion of this movie, which I thought was really smart. And probably an actor's dream being like, oh, I get to work for three weeks Mm -hmm. and not do the press tour and not be on any posters and just be like the –
1: Well, I'm sure afterwards there was a ton of like meet the blah, blah, blah in this movie. Maybe. I don't know. BuzzFeed didn't exist. So maybe not. Ready? Yeah.
0: I picked Tobey Maguire. Ah!
1: Okay. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I just think he is.
1: <gasps> it's a little. A it's
0: strange person. I just think he's like a really strange. Like um, he's a good actor. Like we always like we're always immortally going to know him as Spider Man, but he's more than that. He's a really good friggin' actor.
1: I'm just – I'm having some trouble envisioning him in the part. I don't think it's a bad choice.
0: I think the car ride, the car ride when he's trying to go – like there's like a -a tete-a-tete. See? I am in the industry. Between him and Mills.
1: That's not just an industry (laughs) term.
0: Every writer loves writing tete-a-tete into some fucking script. But like the, (laughs) the, the dialogue between him and Mills where Mills is like, I got you. I got you. And John is just like, you don't have fucking shit. Realize, detective, the only reason that I'm here right now is that I wanted to be. No. No, we would have got to eventually. Oh, really? So, what were you doing? Biding your time? Toying with me? Allowing five innocent people to die until you felt like springing your trap tell me what was the indisputable evidence you were going to use on me right before i walked up to you and put my hands in the air and i think that's important to cast someone who could outact the person you have for mills not to say that michael b jordan will ever be outacted but i just think that toby mcguire when he if you put him on screen. Especially in that last ten minutes, you would immediately be like, "Well, well now we just are like seeing him, so like he's mm-hmm. obviously going to do something in crazy and bit like you, like the tension would just start to build, and so that dialogue scene would become really charged with an actor of you know, I don't I don't know if it's his status, but yeah, the of his of his yeah ilk.
1: I mean, I I I gotta, uh, I mean. He's probably offer only, but I would want to see his tape, you know?
0: <laughs> Are we trying to out-industry I each think other? <laughs> I think he
1: should read, you know? Well, you know. But I, I, I think I'm just getting a weird Topher Grace revealing he's a serial killer at the end of Predators vibe.
0: You know, I almost... I looked
1: at him and I was just
0: like, yeah, I don't think anyone wants to see Topher Grace. Like, I, I think Tobey Maguire is,
1: I mean, it, it, he's I in mean,
0: like Oscar award winning movies. Like, thing- we forget about Wonder Boys. We forget about Brothers because he's just like Pussy Posse, Tobey Maguire, Spider-Man. Like, he, before all of that, yeah. before all of that, he's.
1: We forget about Pleasantville. We forget about Seabiscuit.
0: Right. Right. <laughs> we forget about Seabiscuit as I <laughs> rip cables out of this um, setup. No, I
1: think i think i could come around to this especially because when was the last time you saw toby mcguire like seeing him at the end of a movie like this today if this movie came out today people would be talking about him for months yeah because you'd be like wow toby mcguire came back as the serial killer at the end of seven yeah um fascinating i
0: guess we're gonna end on old fascinating. Toby, tobes mcguire all right guys where does barry pepper go So we, so we texted earlier today. It was like, who should we do for a fifth? And I was just kind of like, well, whichever one gets in, the other one's going to be Barry Pepper, right?
1: I didn't do that. Oh,
0: trickster. <laughs> All right. Who'd you do?
1: I picked Dr. Santiago. Yeah. The Emmy played by uh, Reggie Cathy.
0: Yeah. During when when Gluttony is being autopsied. Yeah. He's the only other like, I think the only other memorable. I It's that or like the, the sex Dungeon worker, and I was like, I'm not gonna give Barry Pepper the sex dungeon. No,
1: no or I mean, California, California—that's
0: who I picked. Yeah. The SWAT team leader, Barry Pepper, might have been a little older than California should have is. I think played by John C. McGinley, but if I there's love a cop, John C. McGinley. If there's a cop, he was I,
1: in so many movies in the '90s, and then yeah,
0: the the DA—he mm-hmm. could have been the DA. There could have been a, f- a few. Yeah, that's
1: true. I didn't think about that guy.
0: He could have been the wife of the lawyer, but. Or the wife. He could have been the <laughs> husband of the lawyer. Yeah.
1: Listen, let's not put it past Barry Pepper. He could be somebody's wife. Yeah, he could be
0: someone's his wife. Um,
1: Can we talk just about the movie for a second? Sure. Because I feel like we've really glazed over the fact that there are in between all these character moments, there are horrific murders.
0: Horrible, in the, horrible in the, murders. In the
1: way that like this movie is a crime thriller, but it is shot like a straight up horror movie. And that's what's so fascinating about it is that like visually this movie is, is Saw, but story wise it's a noir crime thriller.
0: Yeah, I think that's why it still resonates is because you it's structured in a way where you're like, OK, there's going to only be seven murders. I mean it's not like a big bloodbath of like right. a slasher film or like a gore porn or whatever they're called. Like it's seven specific murders and they're all just as intriguing as the next because they're all the sort of puppet master gameplay that, mm-hmm. the, that the lead characters follow through and it's so well done and the characters are so well structured against each other that you can't not watch especially in the hardest – part, like the lust –
1: lust is i cannot worst. watch
0: i can't look at the photo that they show oh my god i can't look at it I, I still to this last like i watched this movie last night and i was just like i walked into the kitchen because i can't look at it. and that's a testament to how good this movie is mm-hmm. which is why this movie should never be remade but if it, it was yeah. like i think you would have to change things and i don't know how those changes would affect it's it's outcome
1: yeah it's smart it's interesting like when they find uh, pride and it's like she has a phone glued to one mm. hand and a bottle of sleeping pills in the other like that it's that sort of story moment where you're like that's good Ugh. that's good it's interesting
0: oh god i don't um, know i don't know i can't believe i have to look at clips of all of these things now like
1: woohoo. like when the sloth, sloth guy is, ah! is still alive <laughs>
0: oh god it gets me every time yeah it's so well constructed yeah you're right like these little sort of what are they called in like grammar school when you made like a little shoebox dioramas like these crime Mm -hmm. scenes are these like perfect dioramas of these like horrible acts but they're only like buoys in a larger ocean of a much better character noir movie and that's why I think this movie is still amazing um
1: three things one i loved all the weird little homages to like just like stories of other serial killers like Mm -hmm. when they're talking and they're like it's always like the voices made me do it my dog made me do it
0: jodie foster made me do it yeah yeah
1: aka uh son of sam and such like that stuff i was like that's it's so i i i love it because i love I'm not going to say I love murder. I don't love murder, but I love hearing murder stories. Um, no. And so that's why it made me laugh when they're talking about the FBI list of like keeping track of people's because they were talking about like who, like, oh, so they'll know who buys. And I like looked at my bookshelf and I was like, huh, I have Dante's Inferno and Helter Skelter. Yeah, you're on my the bookshelf. List. I, in the internet age, I'm on some FBI watch list and I'm okay with that. I am
0: free and clear on that TSA pre-check, baby. Okay. <laughs> um, the only note I took down is um the only i i took this note down because last week on death becomes her there's a rain scene and i literally wrote this oh my god i wrote this note down that was like this is the most rain i've ever seen in la and then i watched <laughs> seven and i was like seven
1: said hold my drink
0: <laughs> like how much money do you think they spent to make la rain forever and
1: it's it's movie rain that's the mo- that's the most annoying it's like thing hard, about is that it's hard not natural rain. looking whatsoever um
0: rain like that in LA happens once in every 4 years and never for a week straight. It's for like maybe 10 minutes and everyone takes photos and then they go back And inside. then
1: occasionally every like 15 years it'll rain for a week straight and there'll be mudslides Yeah, and then that's it.
0: But I like the ra- I like the fact that, you know, they've were like let's let's film this in New York. I like the weird homogeneous choice. city like it's yeah. not uh, This was one of my favorite parts of the trivia it was like on all this, the cop cars or their badges, it doesn't say like NYPD or LAPD. Mm. It just says Metropolitan. And I guess like the only other movie that had Metropolitan as a police badge was Police Academy. So I'm like, is this Somebody the shared universe?
1: Make that <laughs> movie. Could you imagine if Steve Gutenberg, like, is Mahoney, Sergeant Mahoney, up in in this shows movie? Up? And, like, behind this very serious murder story, there are cops just, like, goofing off. <laughs>
0: like, Mahoney's trying to flirt with some of the prostitutes <laughs> at the sex dungeon. It's
1: so terrible.
0: Or he had gone on a date with Pride. He's just like, I know this girl.
1: Yeah, I know this girl. Oh,
0: those are all terrible jokes. Also,
1: Brad Pitt's wrinkly shirts, triggering. Why? It was a very, like, obvious character choice.
0: Well, him he bought his own ties, too.
1: Oh, there's a tie that is basketballs going into hoops. And I loved it.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I need that tie. (laughs) All right, guys. So now that we know what's in the box, uh, I guess we'll wrap it up. Thanks for joining us this week on a very special Halloween episode of The Boot. If you like this podcast, please check us out next week for some more Halloween treats, trick or treats. Uh, (laughs) Check out our past episodes for something less spooky. I don't know. why Do people get spooked? I don't know. Um, I don't know.
1: If this podcast scares you, uh, wow.
0: (laughs) We should just Pivot. (laughs) just pivoted to a horror podcast Uh, Kenna where can people find us online
1: you can find this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Podbean or wherever you get your podcasts you can find us together as this podcast on social media at The Boot Podcast on Twitter and at Boot Podcast on Instagram you can find us separately because Brian's trying to steal my job What? at Kenna Trent and at Flynn B
0: okay guys we'll see you next week
1: Bye.
0: It's not even my death.